Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. A family faces off against demonic forces in the new novel by Letitia Williams, titled The Primal Fear. I'd like to welcome Letitia to the show here right now. Letitia, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me the story that you're telling in The Primal Fear? Yes, it's about a young lady who has been through some traumatic experiences, and she is helped by a wise old friend who comes in and lets her know that having these clairvoyant gifts, is it's not, you know, a normal and teaches her how to use them. And those two work together to uncover some secrets in their family and their much needed secrets, and it helps her to grow. <laughs> Wow, sounds super interesting. How did you come up with the idea for this story? Well, actually, I am a big fan of Stephen King. Mm. I love, 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 love horror, his books, his movies, everything. And I am a pastor, so it's kind of uncommon wow. for pastors to like horror movies, but right. I'm one. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So one, I actually had a dream about this story. And it was about when I was 16 or 17 years old, and I can remember waking up thinking, this had to be some type of horror movie that I've seen, you know. Mm. Where did I see this, you know? And it stayed with me over the years. And me and my daughter, I told her about it, and she was like, Mom, maybe write it down. Maybe it'll go away after that, you know. Mm. So I ended up writing it, and she's really good with grammar and editing and things like that. And I was like, well, can you edit for me? And she's like, you know, I hate those kind of books. I don't mm. like horror. I'm a romantic person. <laughs> I was like, well, I need your help. So I started out just writing it down and she became so interested in it. She was oh, like, wow. mom, this is like the best horror mystery thriller throat all in one. And she kept pushing me every day. What's going to happen next? What is this for? What is this about? So it actually inspired me to keep going. And before I know it, I had a whole manuscript. <laughs> I love the mother-daughter team. Going at it yeah. there. That's, that's wonderful. And I'm sure just working together, uh, did it strengthen the relationship, would you say? It did. Hmm. A lot. She was proud of me for, you know, actually going through with it and seeing the outcome of it. I was proud of her, you know, for mastering her fear hmm. of horror. <laughs> right. We worked together really good on it, and it brought us really close Hmm. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? Have you written books or been published? Yes. Well, actually, this is my second book. The first book I wrote, it was a memoir about my life. I had some pretty traumatic experience, my experiences myself growing up. So I did write and publish a memoir about my life. The second book was just out of nowhere, wasn't intending to really do it and got inspired by my daughter and pushed by her every day. And there was a second book. <laughs> What would you say is the most challenging thing about the whole process, writing it and then publishing? For me, it was staying focused. As I was doing it, I was like, okay, is this really going to be something that people are going to like? Mm. 
you think it's good and someone else reads it and they're like, no, it's not that good. So just being afraid of negative responses, Mm. that was challenging for me. And of course, with my daughter's help, she was like, mom, some people are going to like it. Some people are not. But let's not let that deter us from doing something that you really like to do. So once again, she came through with that inspirational advice, but that was the most challenging thing for me, having to face the fact that I think it's good, but some may not. (laughs) Yeah, that's really tough. A lot of authors battle that. Yeah. Again, it's called The Primal Fear, written by Letitia Williams, published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your books, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Letitia. I had a great time talking tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Corey. Readers are inspired to move into a new, bright future. In Rick Kelly's new book, From the Shadows into the Sunlight, Making Racial Discrimination Irrelevant, Rick's talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Rick, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me, Corey. Can you tell me about From the Shadows into the Sunlight? Plain and simply, it's about resolving some of the uh, past and present issues affecting the Black community today. And it kind of examines political, military, and social issues that face our nation. It's something that a lot of forward-looking people in America want to see. It's a book not only about issues, but mainly about solutions that I think are available that make it a win-win situation for everybody in this nation. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, you know, they don't touch on a lot, is putting forth some solutions that work for everybody. And I think that this book kind of lays out where I'm coming from as far as that goes. And I think that everybody can enjoy the fact that it's uh, something that they can point to that makes this country better. What inspired you to write this? Well, it's uh, something I've been thinking about for a long time. It was something that came up, especially after uh, my military service. Hmm. I thought that there was a lot of things that could be said, and there were a lot of different perspectives that could be brought to the table about some of these issues. Hmm. But how long did it take you to write it? It took me about 10 years because what I wanted to do was have a lot of research and development of the issues before I got down to really shaping what the book turned out to be. Then when it came to publishing it, are you new to that or have you published books before? No, this is my first book and uh, it's incredible. Oh, congratulations on that. That's a, that's a huge deal. When I got the news, I felt a little bit like the Lion King holding up his first child <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Going through that, I mean, 10 years of work publishing it jumping through all those hoops. Do you have advice now for people who want to embark on that same journey? Well, I found that the best thing for me and working on the book was I found something that I was passionate about and that's something that I really wanted to look into. Once I had that passion to do it, it just took off for me. Would you do this again? Would you maybe write and publish another book? I have a lot of ideas and I'm a person who's uh, read a lot from childhood I have a lot of different interests, especially uh, science fiction, uh, mysteries, and things of that nature that really interest me. Hmm. A lot of people write because it just brings joy, and it brings some release, some comfort, and some relaxing from your otherwise stressful day a lot of times. And, but 
It's not easy and fun all the time. There are those hard times, the times when it gets a little bit grueling and maybe some writer's block sets in. What do you do when the writing just isn't fun in the moment? Well, for me, the first thing I did was pretty much set up a schedule that I could stick to and a daily schedule of disciplined writing time so that I would always sit down and try to write, even if it wasn't coming to me real fast. And I found that doing this helped me. And sometimes I'd get an inspiration and I would sit down at other times to just put down what popped into my head. But the discipline to start and the discipline to sit down and do it is uh, what it really takes to get going. No, you're absolutely right about that. And it's also a big advantage if you have people behind you, people supporting you, people you got on your team to encourage you the whole way through. Do you have any people in your life who were extra supportive? Naturally, my wife, because a lot of times I'd get up in the middle of the night and start writing to maybe two or three in the at night. And she was my main support for letting me get down and, and be able to spend the amount of time that I wanted to put in to actually write the story. Hmm. Now, most authors are also big reading fans. They read a lot. Are you a reader yourself? Yes. From my childhood and my youth, I've always been a great science fiction reader, books by Isaac Asimov and people in the science fiction world. I also like mysteries a great deal, and Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite. And also, Earl Stanley Goddard mm -hmm. and the Perry Mason books are always at the top of my list. Did you ever think of maybe venturing into the world of fiction yourself? I thought about it, but I looked at things that I was familiar with, a lot of things in the background, in my background, as far as the, the military and, and things of that nature. And I wanted to stick to something that I really had very close experience with. Well, Rick, thank you for putting forth some solutions to some really big problems in our society. The book is called From the Shadows into the Sunlight. Making Racial Discrimination Irrelevant, written by Rick Kelly and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, everywhere you shop for your books. Well, Rick, thanks again for coming on the show here tonight. I had a nice time chatting with you. It's great to be on your show, Kari. Thank you very much. When you study the Bible, you can't help but marvel at the remarkable courage of the women in particular. And that's at the center of the new book by Mary Walker, titled Women of Faith and Courage, Stories of Women in the Bible and History. I'm talking with Mary right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mary, thanks a lot for joining me here tonight. It's my pleasure. So can you tell me what Women of Faith and Courage is all about? Women of Faith and Courage was written to inspire women as they follow Christ. We live in challenging times, but many of the women who have gone before us faced even more difficult situations. Their stories bear witness to a faithful God who calls, gifts, and enables his daughters to live a godly life in this world. What gave you the idea or, or what inspired you, I guess, to write the book? I was looking for a curriculum to use at our church featuring women in the Bible. I couldn't find one. <laughs> Since I have a master's degree in Bible and theology, I decided to write one myself. My book is actually in three 12-chapter sections suitable for Sunday school or Bible study, even in our current virtual church environment. Participants could read a story each week and then meet online to discuss it using the helpful discussion questions at the end of each chapter. So how long were you working on it? It sounds like a lot of research went into it. Did it take a long time? For over 10 years, I've been collecting stories of women in the Bible and history. I started a blog for this purpose back in 2010. 
And I currently have over 400 stories there. So a couple of years ago, I thought, well, I'll put some of those stories in an organized book. That project took about 10 months. And now, having gone through the publishing and writing process, have you published before this? Well, my dissertation, my doctoral dissertation mm. was published in 2019. That was pretty <laughs> grueling, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, have you been writing your whole life, or is this something you've just sort of taken up now? No, I was blessed, if you want to say that, to have uh, teachers in grade school that recognized that I liked to write and could write fairly well, and they encouraged me my whole life. Mm. When I got to college, the professors there also gave me lots of encouragement and said, you can write, you know, so I thought, well, okay, if that's the gift God's blessed me with, that's what I'll do. I hear that so many times from writers that they were inspired and encouraged by their teachers. Growing up, their teachers recognized something in them, and they nourished that and fostered that. And, you know, it sounds like that that's, that's something that you have in your heart as well to teach people and inspire others. Yes, it is. This is too good to keep to myself. Mm. I felt like I want to share the stories with everyone, especially since, as you probably know, the stories of women are rather underrepresented. Absolutely. And so this is something I could add that would be helpful. Why do you think women are so underrepresented in, in Christian teaching? Well, I could recite my 50,000-word dissertation to you, or... <laughs> Give me the abridged version. <laughs> I think historically, we've just, it's just culture, and the church has just taught that men are the more important, hmm. and so women are just sort of secondary, and they haven't been, historically, they just haven't been representatives of this, this year, though, or this current time that we're in, the last, say, generation or so. More and more people are writing stories about women, and the church is dealing with this issue a little better now, mm. I think. It was just taken for granted that men rule and women submit, and that was the end of that. And I don't think anybody tried, but in this last generation or so, I see people trying, and I'm adding one more to the collection. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for taking that on. I think you're right. You know, the women just haven't been represented, and they are just as important as the men. Yes, and we, we just, like I said, need to try more. We actually changed churches because I had written a series on women, female ancestors of Jesus. There's nine of them named in the Bible, and I'd put together some stories. I thought, well, this is from the Bible. These women are in the Bible. Surely they will allow me to teach these. But the church we went to doesn't allow women to teach. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of another thing that inspired me to put it in a book. I thought, well, I'll put it in a book, and maybe people can read the book, even if I'm not allowed to personally teach the stories. Yeah, isn't that interesting? You can write and teach, but you can't speak and teach. Again, I got, that's about a fourth of my dissertation right there. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. Wow, we're hitting on a lot of deep <laughs> things here. This is great. Yeah. So now, having gone through the publishing thing and, and writing thing, putting so much work into it, do you have encouragement or advice for aspiring authors who maybe have never done this before? Oh, yeah. I would tell them, don't wait. Start writing. I've got plenty of places in my book I would like to revise. But, you know, if I waited till I thought it was more perfect, it never would have been published. Is that something that you see coming up for you a lot is battling that inner editor where as you're writing, you keep second guessing yourself and saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have used that word or, or maybe I should correct this. Is that, is that something that is sort of a speed bump for you? I don't know about that, but I do know that I write everything about four or five times before I'm finally happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I catch all those things like on a second or third iteration. Mm, yeah. But even then, by the time, like I said, said before, by the time I get to the fourth or fifth time, I'm going, that's enough. I'll give it to my husband to read or I'll give it to some friends to read. And if there's nothing major, I've got to move on. 
Yeah, that's wise. It is very, very important to go back over your work and to revise and to edit, but is just as important to know when to stop. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you've learned that. So that's, that's fantastic. And it, it, it's a hard lesson for a lot of people to come to terms with. Yes. I, well, I hope it doesn't keep too many people from saying, well, it's not good enough. I'm not going to try. I, I would encourage everybody mm. to just do it anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a message. And mm-hmm. there are people out there who need to hear your story and your message. So I'm right That's there right. with you. Yep. Absolutely. So what's next? Are you planning on maybe writing some more? Well, I just submitted book two in this series, which is entitled mm-hmm. Women of Peace and Justice to Christian Faith Publishing. Now, now that that's in their hands, I'm working on book three, which is entitled wow. Women of Truth and Righteousness. And so each book has 36 stories in it. I'm also updating that dissertation I was telling you about, and I hope to mm. publish that as a standalone work as well. Wow, it's great to hear that you seem to have this fire in you to write and to get more out there, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing more, Mary. It's called Women of Faith and Courage, Stories of Women in the Bible and History. Written by Mary Walker, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for books. On Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, even down the street at your local bookshop. Well, Mary, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time meeting you and finding out about your book. Thank you. It was a privilege and a blessing to speak with you. Driven is the new page-turner, written by Angela N. Morning. And it's out in stores now. I'm talking with Angela right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Angela, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Driven, it sounds really exciting. Can you tell me about it? Of course. It's a novel about faith and perseverance. Laura Stratton is very naive at 27. Still, she committed adultery. Her sin and confession to a psychiatrist, Dr. Bennett, is where the book begins. But the real story lies in Laura's vow and God's grace to enable her to endure the abuse of power in three major law firms by vindictive supervisor mistresses and an attorney with an obsessive, compulsive personality. Hmm. What gave you the idea for this plot? Well, working at these law firms. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's partly an autobiography. Hmm. How long were you working on it? 25 years. Oh, my gosh. Were you, so you were actually writing it for 25 years, or was it just kind of stewing around for that long? Yes, it's stewing around. It sat for a while, but when this pandemic came up, I thought of a way to help others, mm. inspire people to persevere. Wow, that's fantastic. Is, is this the first time you've written or been published? First time. Wow, congratulations. First time. That's a huge milestone. Uh, what's it feel like now when, when you think to yourself, I'm actually a published author? Oh, it's, it's out of this world. It, you can't describe it. But you know what? The motive is to help others, you know? Mm. Going through this, I did it. With the help of God, I did it. Mm. Laura Stratton did it. But to help others, that's, that's really the motive. If they can relate to it, that would be everything would be worth it then. That's so important. Thank you, Angela, for putting yourself out there to help others. Of course. As you're writing this, I'm sure that there's a lot that you learned, especially when it came to editing and publishing. There's a lot of work there, and you have to be patient. What was the most difficult thing that you would say about the whole process? Well, I think the editing back and forth, it has to be, you know, concise. It has to be accurate. But to Christian Faith Publishing, they did a great job on helping me. It took a while, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's worth it. You know, good things come to those who wait. Oh, Corey, absolutely. <laughs> you know, 
Absolutely. And that's the name of the game here, just to have patience with the process. Right. Because you do, you want to get it the best that you can to put it out there right. for the world. And it takes time and a little bit of back and forth, but eventually you get your vision. So are you happy the way it came out? Everything just kind of came together for you? Absolutely. I'm already working on another one. Wow. <laughs> is, it a, is it a sequel then? Yes, more or less. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it'll be a while though, because, uh, you know, I have a full-time job and I'm trying to fit it in. Yeah. How do you balance having a full-time job and having life around you right. and, and, and then spending time focusing on writing? Right. And I also, I read the Bible a lot mm. and I teach children from it and I learn, you know, every gospel has got a perseverance motive in it, theme. Mm. People, if they only have the spirit inside of them, you should see how easy it is like to get up in the morning, you know, get up early and have more spirit. You know, if you feel that it, life is so much easier in this pandemic, we all need perseverance. Did you have a target group of readers that you had in mind when you were writing this, like a, a target audience? Yes, of course. Anyone that's been emotionally abused mm. or fired unjustly would appreciate her spirit because she would not quit. But you have to read and see what she does. I pray this novel inspires others. Now, writing can often be a lonely sort of process. You know, you're doing it on your own, doing it by yourself. And it's helpful to have people behind you and supporting you. Did you have people in your life who were on your team and, and supporting and encouraging you along the way? Absolutely. My parents, the picture of my parents is in the front of the cover. Mm. My mother had RA, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. She never complained. Wow. My dad was a Marine. They both lived in the Great Depression, Corey. Mm. So they inspired me to never give up. Wow. Sounds like you had some remarkable parents and a great upbringing Yes, there. I was very lucky, yes. Made me very strong, you know, to go on. Now, having gone through all of this for the first time, do you have a word of advice that you could give to aspiring authors who are just about to take that same step? Absolutely. Absolutely. If anyone has a story that would help others that people could relate to, go for it. No matter how hard it is, it's worth it. So I think that's why we're put on earth to help others. Absolutely. Well, Angela, thank you again for writing this book and having it be your aim to help people. You're not just out to try to make a quick buck or get rich. You no. actually, you want to improve the world and put something out there that is going to make this a better place and improves people's lives. And for that, I thank you. I encourage everybody to check this book out. It's called Driven, written by Angela N. Morning, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you buy your books, on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and at your traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Angela, thank you again for coming on the show. I had a really great time talking with you and learning about your book. Thank you so much. God bless you. I am very excited to welcome back to the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Jeffrey Young. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining me here again. Hey, it's a pleasure. I am really glad to be back. It is really nice to be talking with you again. You have a new book out. It's called Tales Out of Church. What's this one about? Well, this is sort of a lighthearted version of a uh, collection of short stories as told by a Catholic priest. And like I said, it has comedy and all sorts of wonderful scenarios that range from a uh, disgruntled date to a uh, battle with the dragon. 
that ought to whet your appetite. It, it's really a delightful story, and I think that the readers will really enjoy it. It sounds like a lot of fun, and it's a, a very unique, creative concept. Uh, where'd you get the idea for the priest and the stories? In my first book, I had a minister who was rather out of the mold. You know, he hmm. was a very hands-on type of almost a superhero kind of member of the clergy. And I thought that in my second book, I would get back to the idea of the clergy. And this time I would make him sort of a happy-go-lucky kind of guy and someone who thought a lot and who was able to imagine all sorts of different scenarios. Now, all of these different stories, all of these different scenarios, did you write them all pretty much at once, or were these things that you had written at different times? Well, I wrote them pretty much all at once. I understand that they're marketing to college students, and I think it would make a really good textbook for people who want to know different styles of writing because of the fact that each one of the stories encompassed a different style of writing. It ranges from, like I said, fantasy. It ranges from a culinary critique to science fiction. And each one of those writings involves a different style in order to tell the story. I think as an instructionary piece, it would be very good for beginning writers who might want to embrace one of those genres in their future writing. I agree. I think it would be a great way for writers to expand their talents and expand their, their horizons and maybe get into something that they weren't interested in necessarily before and explore new things. Was this difficult to write, to sort of dip in and out of, of different genres? In all honesty, for me, it wasn't. But I can think that maybe it could be. I understand, like, a uh, lot of science fiction writers use a great deal of technical speak that isn't used in common language. And so my very last story is a science fiction piece that involves that type of uncommon language. And for some people that don't speak in that manner, it could be difficult. Now, it sounds like the priest is quite a character himself. Uh, is there maybe a chance that he might have more stories to tell, maybe another volume of this kind? Well, you never know. I'm looking for Muse right now, and once she appears, maybe I will go ahead and do it again. I'm not a priestly character myself. I'm very human and very manly. <laughs> <laughs> Once I find that muse, who knows, I might go ahead and write a third book. I have one in mind, and I'm hoping that my first two will find some success. Absolutely. Speaking of your muse, do you have a certain maybe routine or maybe something you do when you're looking for that muse? Maybe, you know, something you might listen to or a place you might go. Do you have anything you do? As a matter of fact, I do. When I seek my muse, I more or less look for something that I can involve myself idealistically and spiritually. Music, I find to be a uh, great opener to the mind, and sometimes I'll see a picture. As a matter of fact, my book, Beth, was inspired by a picture that just would not let me go. It just kept on haunting me until it became a 385-page book. Hmm. 
whenever you write a book, whenever you get it published, it's a huge deal. It's a huge milestone. There's so much work that goes into it. So whenever you get the first copy of one of your books in, say, you know, Beth or Tales Out of Church, and uh, you open that first physical copy up, what goes through your head? What, are you, what sort of emotions are you experiencing? Well, I tell you, there is a great deal of excitement because of the fact that Beth began as a handwritten manuscript. Mm-hmm. To see it finally in print as a book was a uh, tremendous, tremendously wonderful experience. It, it really was. And to find my second book, Tales Out of Church, in that same realm, after seeing it as a Word document and having gone through it and done the editing and all of that, and then seeing it finally in book form was a great, great, emotionally satisfying moment. And it it's thrilling. It really is. It, it makes writing truly wonderful. And whether or not I'll make a dime or not doesn't really matter. It is just that feeling of accomplishment to know that I have left my mark on uh, a world that most of my English teachers thought I'd never see. (laughs) Wow. Well, I think you just answered my next question because I was going to say, is it really worth it? There's so much work involved in writing. You put so much of yourself into it mentally and emotionally and physically. You know, is this all worth it? And it sounds to me like you love the whole thing and it is totally worth it. It is a way that you can put yourself on paper, and also it's a way to work out problems that you might have in your own life. And we all need a certain amount of mental rectitude, you know, where we need to realign ourselves mentally and to put things on paper. We have an opportunity to put our mind to peace and uh, put ourselves to rights. Even if a person didn't want to be a writer, I would recommend that they go ahead and just start writing things down and seeing whether or not these things help them personally develop themselves, regardless of what their field is. Absolutely. Well, this book is called Tales Out of Church. It's written by Jeffrey Young, published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you get your books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and your traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Jeffrey, it was certainly great to have you back on the show. Love talking with you again. And, man, what a great book. I I recommend everyone go and buy it. Well, thank you very much. I hope that they do. And who knows, maybe there will be a third one out there. Looking forward to it. Dark forces look to wipe out all that's good in the world in E.M. Brown's compelling new novel, Taken. I'm talking with Ethel here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ethel, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. This sounds like a really exciting novel. Can you tell me what it's all about? Well, an ancient 12-year-old girl becomes angry when she isn't given the position on the council. And so she curses everyone there as well as herself. And so she is perpetually 12 years old. And in order to thrive throughout the centuries, then she has to kidnap or have people kidnap 12-year-olds in order to feed her bloodlust. Wow, where did you get the idea for this story? Actually, I started having dreams about her protector, Anon. Hmm. Once the dream started, I couldn't continue to sleep until I wrote the dream down. And once I wrote it down, then I could sleep peacefully. And then once I read the character, I knew exactly where to put him inside Taken. Wow. About how long were you working on it? 
oh gosh, about seven years actually, mm. because I had um, some issues with character development as well as writer's block mm. and rewriting and self-editing. Wow. When you hit those tough spots, whenever you had writer's block or whenever you just didn't know where to take the story next, how did you get through it? Did you have a strategy for dealing with those hard times? I started out the book. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then once I let the book rest for a while, I re-read, I would reread and then get back to it and then it, it would kick back up again. Yeah, that's smart. Sometimes you just got to let it go for a little bit and let things Absolutely. cool down. And then when you come back to it, you'll be refreshed and probably have a whole different perspective on it and have some new ideas. Absolutely. Great strategy for that. Now, do you have advice for aspiring authors that are looking to write a book and then go through the, the work of publishing it? Just go ahead and get started. Don't be afraid mm. because these are your words. These are your thoughts. This is your story. Just make sure you tell it to the best of your ability mm. and don't be afraid. Have you done this before? Have you written a book before or, or had something published? Absolutely. My first book, I had it published through Smashwords. It was Jackson Jacob Henry Brown III, hmm. about a nine-year-old who was left on his mother, his grandmother's doorstep, and she had no idea who he was, and she didn't know her. And the mother just said, just tell her your name, because, you know, he is the third. And they had to work through some issues with his parents, and her being so old, then, you know, she didn't know she could handle it, whether or not she could handle it. But he had such a good heart. She didn't want to send him to the foster care system. And what's the chances of you writing more? Do you plan on maybe getting some more published out there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm planning on at least three sequels to Taken. Oh, wow. Sequels to Jackson Jacob, Henry Brown III. And I'm working on another book tentatively titled Will You Come? About a guy who kills people. He's trying to get people to stop him. And very few people will put themselves out there in order to do so. Wow. Sounds like you're very prolific and you just love writing. I do. Anything that pops up, I'll write it. And I get ideas from everywhere. I saw a video on Facebook and an idea about a storyline popped up. Hmm. So ideas come from everywhere. That's it. I think a lot of people who say, well, I don't know what to write about. I don't have ideas. You just touched on it, I think, in that you just have to be quiet and just look around you and just look at what's happening. Because there's all around you every day, no matter where you are, there's a plethora of stories waiting to be told. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes you're the only one that can tell it. Absolutely. And the same story can be told by different people, but they're going to be different stories. And I think they're all going to be worth reading because everyone has their own perspective. Everyone has their own interpretation of things and, and where they take it. So I think, you know, to touch on what you were saying, you know, don't be afraid to tell your story, even if you think it's been told before. If somebody else already wrote about it, but, you know, you didn't write about it. You didn't put your perspective on it. So that's a great way to look at it. Absolutely. Did you have a target audience in mind? Were you speaking towards a certain group of people? Young adults. Hmm. And actually anyone who's interested in fantasy fiction. But technically, girls. Because it, it is a girl empowerment book as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, Ethel, would you say there's a person in your life who's been particularly inspirational or motivational, supportive to you while you've been on this writing journey? My kids. Hmm. They usually like to read parts, bits and parts, just to see where it's going. And I've had some cousins who read through Jackson in order to see where it was and where it was going. 
this one in particular, taken, you know, my husband has been very supportive about wanting me to get it done and get it finished. You know, let's get this out there because this is the kind of book he likes. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so important to have those around you to be supportive and, and sort of on your team when it comes to something like this, because there's so much work. It makes it a lot easier to sort of have your team behind you the whole time. It honestly does. But even if I didn't have the support, it can still be done. Mm. You don't have to wait until you have all of the support you think you need. You just get started and get out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ethel, thank you for putting your work out there. It's called Taken, written by E.M. Brown, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, down the street at your local bookstore, too. Well, Ethel, thanks again for coming on the show here. I had a great time learning about your book and chatting with you. Thank you so much. It was uh, good to be introduced to you, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Thanks. If you're struggling with a disappointing relationship, this next book could be for you. It's called, Was That a Red Flag? It's written by Dean S. Anderson, and I'm speaking with Dean right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Dean, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. Can you tell me what you're talking about in Was That a Red Flag? It's a short self-help book. It's based on relationships. I think it's uh, the best way to describe it is it's a guide to not ignoring the red flags that so many of us tend to ignore at the beginning of relationships. It's almost meant to be more of a... almost a workbook fashion. There are questions at the end of each chapter for the reader to apply to their own situation to see if maybe they have indeed ignored some red flags, either at the beginning or even in the middle of the relationship. What kind of a target audience did you have in mind when you wrote this? I would say target readers are people trying to either fix a broken relationship, people looking to end a bad one or maybe abusive one, or people maybe still seeking the right one. I think that's the best way to describe it as far as the target audience goes. Could you tell me the story behind the book? How did the idea for this come about, and then how did it come to be? Well, I think I've made every mistake there is (laughs) in a relationship. So over the past 25 years, uh, I've witnessed that not only in myself, but in others. I finally found the true love of my life at the end of my 30s. And I think due to all those mistakes and those broken relationships that I've gone through, I think it made me truly appreciate what I have now. And the book came about mainly from a lot of friends, uh, sometimes relatives, even some strangers have come up to my wife and myself and asked what it is that we have that works so well. Hmm. We didn't think too much of it at first, but we were asked enough times where we thought, geez, maybe we should think about putting this on paper. A family friend convinced us to do so. It kind of sparked from there. And then all of a sudden a book was created. (laughs) Wow. Well, it's really fantastic that you're looking to help out others with this book. Yeah, I think that was the purpose from the beginning, uh, really to help somebody maybe get out of a bad relationship or just fix a, fix a broken one. I think the people that have not found that right one yet, maybe they can take this and, and sort of use it as a, as a precursor or some knowledge going into new relationships to base their decisions. So have you written before, or is this your first foray into getting published? This is the first book, hmm. and I was pretty excited to do it. It was a little nerve-wracking at the beginning, but it's been a great process through the publishing company I'm using. They've helped me every step of the way, and the process was just new to me. I just kind of wrote out 12 titles for chapters. From there, I kind of filled in the blanks. I think because there was 12 chapters in particular, I went back each month and wrote a chapter each month, so it took me about a year to get through it. Well, congratulations on getting your first book out there. It's such a huge deal. What was, do you think, the hardest thing, the most challenging part of the whole process? I think 
trying to go back in time and think of all the times in my life that I may have ignored some red flags. And by that, I mean the more subtle red flags, not necessarily the, the big ones like the jealousy or anger, that type of thing. It was the smaller, subtle ones that we tend to overlook, or maybe we think that we can change that person. And it's not that big of a deal. Or maybe it's our not or unwilling to accept somebody else's, what we would consider flaws, if you will. But really, it's just our lack of accepting the uniqueness of somebody else. So I really had to kind of step back in time, think about all the relationships I had been through and that have failed a lot of times due to me, not the other person, and kind of create each chapter with that knowledge, but also talk to some others that have been in relationships. And we found that when we compare notes, it was a lot of those same subtle red flags that made us fall into those traps later on and wish that we had never really gotten that deep into a relationship and maybe we could have escaped it a lot earlier and not had that relationship at all. Hmm. Now, looking at the other end of it, the actual publishing, taking your manuscript that you wrote and then submitting it and getting edits back, then going back and forth and choosing a cover and getting into the real nuts and bolts of it. How was that experience for you? That was pretty fun. They were much more helpful than I had imagined. I really was going into it a bit blind. I was sold on using this Fulton Books as a publisher because they just were so welcoming. Mm. They made me feel like they were part of the family. And when I had talked to enough of them, each step of the way, they could tell the areas that I really was not well-versed. And it was more about what I had written. That was my part of it. I had an idea of what I wanted for cover art, but uh, I kind of threw out a quick idea and they threw something back at me really quickly. And it was an easy process. And as I mentioned, it was kind of fun. You know, it was exciting to kind of see things to develop that I had no knowledge of doing prior to that. Hmm. Yeah, it's so important to get somebody on your side and invest some time and, and maybe a couple extra bucks to get right. people involved who have experience, who know what they're doing and have seen all the speed bumps that may happen that you wouldn't be aware of otherwise. I absolutely agree. I think that there were so many things that I was not knowledgeable about and they were, and it's worth every dime to do it that way because it's not terribly expensive and it's just a, it's just a very intelligent way to go about doing it and be able to kind of work with them, not only in the marketing on the back end of that, but the creative process, they were invaluable. They were so welcoming to me coming in, but then holding my hand throughout the whole process was phenomenal. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, that's great. What are the chances of maybe doing another one in the future, writing another book? I am in the process of writing the second book. I don't know if it'll be done by the end of this year. I will certainly go with Fulton Books again and hopefully the same publishing assistant because that person was phenomenal with me. That book will be titled Finding Myself Sober. It's kind of a book about the principles I've learned from so many others in my journey in recovery since 2013. So I'm really, this one's very personal that I'm uh, writing this year as well. Wow. Congratulations on your sobriety and thank you making that journey. It's certainly not an easy one. And it's great that you're telling your story and, and using your experiences, you know, both with, was that a red flag, using your experiences and recognizing, hey, I screwed up in the past, so maybe I can help people not screw up like I did. And <laughs> in the same regard, the book having to do with your recovery and, and, and sobriety, again, reaching out to help others. And Dean, that's, that's a really great heart for people that you have. And I think it's, it's one of those things where I, I have been told by several people a lot smarter than me that we all have something in us. There's some knowledge or experience that we may not think much about, but somebody needs it and somebody needs to hear it and it can help them avoid the mistakes we've made, or it can help them along their own journey and make it a little easier for them. So I, I, I recommend anybody go out there and write. I think that somebody needs to hear what they need to say. Well said. Well, the book is called Was That a Red Flag? Written by Dean S. Anderson and published by Fulton Books. You can get it everywhere that you get your reading material. 
Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookshop as well. well. Dean, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. I had a wonderful time talking with you and, and finding out about your work. Thank you so much, Corey. It was a great opportunity. I appreciate you giving it to me. Right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, we're going back to an important time in American history in this book that we're talking about. It's called Come Run With Me, A Story of the Underground Railroad. It's written by Kathleen Olson, and I'm speaking with Kathleen right now. Kathleen, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Oh, thank you for much. Thank you for much for calling. Can you tell me what Come Run With Me is all about? Well, it's about two girls. One is white, one is black, and they meet and become the best of friends. The trouble is, she's a runaway slave, and the other runs the Underground Railroad station. And they can only be together as long as they're, uh, as long as she has to stay, which she has to because she comes in with ague or what we would call malaria. And the two of them become very good friends. And uh, unfortunately, the slave catcher gets very much a wind of what's going on. They have to run. They have to take her because the people she came in with are long gone. Well, sounds like quite an interesting story. How did the idea for this story come about? Well, it all started when I was about eight years old. My mom and dad were very, very wise parents. They liked to take us on driving vacations to all parts of the country. And when I was, like I said, about eight years old, they took me to the south, the southern states. And we went through Mississippi and Tennessee and Alabama and all that. And I kept seeing the signs that said white only and colored. And I kept asking my parents, what does that mean? And when they told me what it means, I was so angry and so confused that it just always stuck with me. And I thought, I've got to do something somewhere to bring this to the fore. Did you have to do a lot of research? Lots of research. Mm. Actually, years of research. Mm. About how long did it take you to write the whole thing from beginning to end? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Because it it was it kind of came and went, and I was busy with a lot of things that time. Have you ever written before? What's your writing background look like? Well, it's just school, you know, that sort of thing. Hmm. I took a religious course so I could become a chaplain. Hmm. They liked my story so much that they kept saying, well, let's get some more. Let's make a book out of this. And I said, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my gosh. So congratulations on getting your first book published. It's such a huge milestone. A lot of people say that, yeah, I want to write a book someday, and they never get around to it. But you've done it now. How do you feel about it? I feel I want to write more. That's wonderful. And I did. You did. So you have something in the works right now. I sure do. I have two about to be published right now. Wow. Are they along these lines, or are you exploring other things? Well, I think that I haven't written a book with the exception of one. I've written many books, actually. But published is another story. Mm. I think they've all contained something about slavery or the Underground Railroad somewhere in the book. Yeah, that certainly did have quite an impact on your life. And, and yes, thank you. Did. Thank you for telling your story and your side of it. No, not a problem. You've been through publishing for the first time, and I'm sure there was a lot to learn and a lot of challenges along the way. What would you say was the most challenging part of writing the book and then publishing it? Researching. 
because I knew what I wanted to write, but I didn't know where I was going to find the research. This was the days before computers. Oh, wow. So it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I think we take it for granted how easy it is now to research things and to gather information yeah. where back 20, 30 years ago, it was far more time consuming, far more difficult, and it actually involved travel. And I did travel quite a bit. Mm. So could you offer any words of wisdom, any advice, or maybe some encouragement to aspiring authors that want to put a book out there? Keep at it. Don't give up. And research, research, research. That's great advice. Now, before we wrap things up here, is there anything else that you would like readers to know about Come Run With Me? It was a pleasure to write, for one thing. And another, it's a very exciting book, and I won't tell you the end because that would be <laughs> just not the thing to do. But I fell in love with the characters, and I was almost sad when it was over. Did you ever have trouble writing? I, a lot of times the writing can be fun and easy, but it's not always that way. You get writer's block, you can't figure out where to go next maybe with your plot. Did you ever run into any of that stuff? And then how'd you get yourself out of some of that? Oh, I sure did. I really did. I had one book that's about ready to come out. It's called The Ghost of Red Shoe Inn. And I had written about six chapters and I thought, I'm not going to go anywhere with this. I put it away and didn't find it for 10 years. Huh. And I had more fun writing that book than I've had any other book. Oh, wow. So never throw anything away. Nope. Never do. <laughs> Oh, that's great advice. Well, Kathleen, thanks for joining me again. The name of the book is Come Run With Me, A Story of the Underground Railroad. Again, written by Kathleen Olson, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for books, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Kathleen, thanks for joining me here again. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you, Corey. I enjoyed it myself. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 